I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll probably go back. My kids. So week two, chapter two of A Crazy Love. Has anybody uh, skipped ahead? Read a little more than just chapter two, maybe? I thought maybe there was a few. But each week there's an introduction by uh, Francis Chan. And some weeks are are shorter than others. This week is a little longer, but I watched the whole thing. And um, I'd sure like us all to watch it together to kick this off. Um, I could watch it again. Uh, Sort of a, um, I don't want to say morbid chapter, but uh, a little bit where you would say, okay. I mean, the chapter was called, You Might Not Finish This Chapter. Uh, and and it just it just wants to the, the beginning of this whole book is just sort of know how big God is, know how small you really are, um, and know that He loves you. So let's let's watch it together. God every morning. I, 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 like everyone else, I enjoy reading books or getting together with other Christians or even listening to sermons, but there's just no replacement for my time with God when it's just He and I, and I actually believe that He's communicating with me. Like, I'll, I'll be reading the Bible and things will jump out to me, and I'll, I'll just feel like He's speaking directly to me. And, and the thought of prayer, and now I'm speaking directly to Him, and it's this relationship, it's, it's, it's like nothing else. It, you know, the Bible says in Colossians 1, verse 16, it says that I was made by Him, but I was also made for Him. And I, and I think about that word for, like, okay, there's a reason why I exist. I was made for Him. And it's similar to Ephesians 2.10, where it talks about how um, his workmanship and I was created for good works that he determined beforehand that I should walk in them. So, so even before he made me, there were these things that I was that I was made to do. And sometimes when I pray in the morning, I say, God, show me today. I know there's a reason why I exist. And it's, it's not just this, this weird, okay, there's a purpose to my life, but there's a purpose to this day. And then I say, God, okay. So as I go about my day, Show me what I'm supposed to do. And it's amazing how different the day seems to unfold. I mean, in a, in a real way, like things just happen where I go, wow, I think that was part of my purpose today. Like, this is what I was made for. It takes effort to hear from God in the morning. Like, sometimes I'll notice I don't really put a lot of effort or thought into my time with God, and maybe I, I rush through it. Because it takes work. Like, I really have to think and clear my mind of everything else. And and I need that in the morning. Because it seems like once you start your day, there's just there's so much noise and racket and voices and everything else and all these different influences. And, and some people feel like, well, my day's so busy, I don't have time to, to, to just sit and quietly and just focus on God 
and yet in my mind I think well you don't really have time not to I, I mean how can you afford not to think about God we, we all will make statements like I know I'm not guaranteed tomorrow but I, I mean how people really live that way and really think okay I, I want to know I want to hear from God I want to be close to him because this literally might be the day that I see him isn't that the most intense thought to think that there's no reason why today wouldn't be the very day that I actually stand before the throne of God and see Him? What if this was the day that you actually saw God? I mean, I've, I've read about Him, I've spoken to Him, I... I think about him, I have this relationship with him my whole life, but that is the craziest thought to think that I literally could see him today. I was thinking about this time when, uh, this is going to sound really weird, but I was invited to go to an autopsy, okay, to watch an autopsy take place. And I couldn't go, but a friend of mine actually went, and he was telling me about it, and he was saying how it was absolutely the most disgusting thing he had ever seen in his life. Because he says, you're watching, here's this human body, okay, imagine this, he just died not that long ago, sitting on a table, or, or laying on a table, and, uh, and the guy just comes and just cuts them right up the middle, spreads them apart. Then he takes like these garden like lopper type of things, you know, that you would break branches with. And just he just went down each of the ribs and then just pulled the body open. And then he started pulling things out of the body, like different parts out of this guy's chest. And he was like, oh, my gosh, like you, you can't do that to a human being. And he just he was so blown away by almost like this disrespect for a human body. And I was thinking to myself, I am so glad I didn't go because I think I would have thrown up. But then I thought, maybe it would have been good to go. Maybe it would have. Maybe there's something healthy about just seeing a, a body laying on a table and realizing, yeah, that's all it is. It's just a body, and that'll be me one day. Because sometimes it's almost like we have too high of a regard for human bodies and too high of a regard for our life on earth and it's something there's something healthy in seeing another human being laying on a table knowing that yeah that'll be me someday and and i know i'm broaching a subject that some would say is maybe taboo or we just shouldn't talk about this or it's kind of morbid but but king solomon said in ecclesiastes 7 verse 2 he says it's better to go to a house of mourning. He goes, it's better to go to a house where people are mourning someone's death. It's better to do that than to go to a house of feasting where everyone's just celebrating and laughing. And he says, the reason is, he says, because death is the destiny of every man and the living should take this to heart. He says, we, we, should, we should be in places where there's death and where there's mourning. He goes, because 
we who are living need to realize, oh, that's going to be me one day. And he says, it's good. We have to take this to heart. We have to think about it. In your groups, I, I hope this doesn't sound disrespectful, but I, I think it would be good for each of you maybe to talk about some people in your life who, who died uh, abruptly. Um, I know we all kind of die unexpectedly, but, but just some people where you were shocked, they, they passed away, and maybe talk about some of their achievements, things they did while they're on the earth. But also be willing to talk about some of their regrets. Maybe you had an opportunity to talk to them at the end of their lives. I and mean, what an honor. And maybe they shared with you some of the things they wish they had done differently. It is so important to learn from people like that. And then after you do that, talk about your own life. And talk about what if today literally was the day you came before God. What would you regret? And don't just talk about it and don't just say, oh, I need to change this because I don't want to end my life this way. I mean, talk about things you can change today. Say, you know what, this is what I want to do because I don't want my life to end this way. I know this would be a regret, so I will change this literally. I will do this today. And share that with the group and then hold each other accountable on these issues. think about think about some people that you might know that were what we usually say what gone too soon right and um, Brent and I were just talking about it the other night you know if you've ever known anyone that was in the hospital and possibly taking their last few days maybe um, I'm sure a lot of us experienced that where we can where we're in that room and we're just sort of gazing on almost dumbfounded almost looking at like this is this is it for this person it's going to be it soon and how we all make these plans right we all make plans like i'm sure a lot of you have plans like we do for for this the spring and the summer and what we're going to do this year and and what we're going to do maybe maybe where we're going to go who we're going to go see family things like that and yet we all know someone, or a, a, one, maybe more than one, person who may not see next month, next spring, next summer. And I love the statement that, that he made in there that said, you know, why is it any different that, to think that today couldn't be the day you could be standing before God and see him in person? Have any of you had experiences like that? Have any of you ever had to had the opportunity to, like he's like Francis Chan shared, to to share kind of those last moments with someone? Have you ever gotten the opportunity?
Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of times, you know, relating to that, Mark, people that are getting wheeled into surgery, <laughs> you, you just don't know. You just don't know. When you count backwards from 10 and you're out, a lot of us have had some kind of procedure at, at one point. You're really not sure, are you? Not 100%. Oh, everybody can, of course, they're going to tell you nice things, right? Oh, it's routine. Oh, they've the doctor, they've done this hundreds of times, right? And yet, you really, you're not guaranteed. The, you know, the scripture says, it was mentioned in this chapter, that um, our life is a vapor. It's here for a little while and then gone. Um, you don't know that you, you're not going to be standing before God before this day is out really don't know and we live our life we don't like like it was in the book and like up there what we do we live our lives like that or do we get distracted and and busy with life and making our plans and what's the phrase uh the greatest plans of mice and men right like yeah you think you've got it figured out go ahead and make your plans um and then things change pretty often um, if you have your, your Bibles with you this evening, you can look this up. Uh, we're going to be reading a quick passage in James chapter 4. In James chapter 4, verse 13. get there 4.13 he says this now listen you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city spend a year there and carry on business and make money why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow what is your life you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. What, what's James warning against in this passage? If you can look at it again, what's James warning against? Right? That's good. Taking life for granted. Yeah, assuming we have control. I heard it said once, control is an illusion. What else? What is James warning us, warning against? Hmm. I think that's in there for sure. I hear him saying too that you know, we have great plans, but you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. So he says, if it's the Lord's will, we live and do this and do that. Verse 16, as it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. Anybody else have a different translation? Or you all have the NIV? 
As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. So he's saying it's almost arrogant. It's almost boastful to think that we got to make these plans and this is going to happen and and not sort of thinking that live in a way that that you would have to keep God at the forefront of all of that. Um, it is pride. Pride's a, fa- a definite part of that, yeah. Arrogant schemes. That kind of boasting is evil. Any other thoughts on uh, what he's warning against? I think we've covered it pretty good. So if James were to say these words specifically to you, in the midst of your current life situation, what do you think he would tell you to avoid? What do you think he would tell you to pursue? In other words, James is telling us not to get busy about doing the things that are on our list and us to think that we're so arrogant to think that God won't or can't change that. What are some things in our own lives that we can that 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 we can avoid? What do you think that God is telling us or James God through James's writing is telling us to avoid? I think it's a it's one of the things that jumped out at me was avoid putting too much faith in our own abilities and our own plans. Um, because when we do that, we put all the, all the faith in our abilities and all the faith in our plans. Um, and then God, <laughs> something happens and, and, and God steps in or an illness comes your way. If you sort of hold on to these plans and these these boastful act, activities, so the arrogant schemes, as James says, if you hold on too tightly to them, it can really throw your world and your life into a whirlwind. If you're holding on too tightly to the things that you have planned, to the things that you want to do, to the things that you're not going to stop at, you're going to do this. That's well put. Allow yourself. (laughs) That's good. I remember all my messages, Lee. That's the right answer, right? Four more years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> he sure does. Yeah. 
self-indulgence. And I always like to say, you know, when you read the scripture, look at it in context and look back at what came before. Why did James end up here? Um, and you're right. You're right, Bob. He really comes at you. I appreciate folks that deal with me directly. None of this, you know, he said, she said, just come and sit in front of me and let's have a conversation, you know? Yeah, this happens or that situation and it stinks, right? And it's bad and we got to get through it and it's muddy and murky and blah, but let's talk about it. Sit down, look me in the eyes and talk about it. Don't tell him or her or this one or that one or don't go to my wife and, and tell her, you know what I think about the pastor. You know what I think. Tell, can you tell him this? No, come to me. Look me in the eyes and let's talk about it. And that's what James does here. If you back up just a few verses and start in verse 1, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Again, our plans versus going to God and seeing what His plan is. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Now, verse 4. You adulterous people. Now, adulterous, right? So, adulterous, if adultery, what, what could you also use a word there um, that, that also could be used with, synonymous with adultery? Who said it? Cheat, who said it? Gary. Cheating. Right. And in what respect is, is James saying that we're cheating? You don't know that the friendship with the world means en enmity against God. <laughs> That's pretty much what he's saying. Exactly right. Therefore, anyone who chooses to be, to who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. All of this in context of what we're talking about tonight. A lot of people rip a lot of these verses right out of here and say all these things. But in context, you see what it's actually meaning. Let's keep going. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks a speaks against a brother or sister judges them or judges them speaks against the law and judges it when you judge the law you're not keeping it but sitting in judgment on it there is only one capital L lawgiver capital J judge the one who is able to save and destroy but you who are you to judge your neighbor so think about all of that and then he talks about boasting and and 
not worrying about tomorrow. So all of this stuff that you deem important, all of these things that you think you have to do or say to someone, don't slander. Don't, don't say you believe one thing and then go and do something else. If you, if you do that, you're, you have an adulterous people. Friendship with the world mean, means enmity against God. Hostility. And um, 